0: welcome to the perfume room i am not wearing a scent of the day today i am wearing two scents of the day today because i am wild and wouldn't you know it that is the name of one of the fragrances that i'm actually wearing right now The maker gifted me two fragrances from their collection, and I got to pick which ones. So I selected wild and fire, though when you put those words together, it's not a fragrance I'd ever want to wear. But separately, and honestly, even layered, they are stunners. So let's get into it. First, let me just tell you a little background on The Maker Hotel because I find the story to be really fascinating. So The Maker was founded by the same husband and wife duo behind Fresh, the same line that you might know for skincare and perfumes. So you know right off the bat, this is going to be a fragrant hotel. This is a bougie, beautifully decorated boutique hotel that kind of feels like a mix of mid-century modern meets Bella Pac, and it is located in Hudson, New York. And what makes this hotel so cool, aside from how beautifully decorated it is and where it's located, yada, yada, is that fragrance is one of its core components. So in addition to the hotel having an eponymous candle and fragrance line, they also in their Hudson location have a fragrance library, Okay. Close your eyes, picture the person in your life with the best fragrance collection that you know, which if you listen to this podcast, I have a hunch, it is you. But the hotel founders, Lev and Alina, are also avid fragrance collectors, and they have put their personal collection from their travels around the world of niche and luxury scents in this fragrance library where guests can go and explore, sniff, smell, and spray. How freaking cool is that? Anyway, I tried all their fragrances. They were all really lovely, but the two that resonated most with me were, as I mentioned, Fire and Wild. Fire is giving me smoke and rum and vanilla and tobacco. It kind of smells like an intersection of Replica Jazz Club, a Victor and Ralph Spice Bomb, and Tom Ford Tobacco Vanille. I definitely get that sweet tobacco vanilla vibe, but then it retains this sort of like smoky, and leathery feel throughout its whole wear. It's just lovely. And then Wild is kind of like the closest thing I have smelled to actual peach skin. It does not smell to me like the inside of the peach. It smells like the peach skin, so much so that when I sprayed it, like I felt like my lips viscerally like puckered up, not because it is a tart fragrance, but it just felt so like evocative of that fuzzy feeling. And it gives me sort of like a shampoo type scent. And when I say shampoo scents, there is a dichotomy because for me, shampoo is either the highest form of flattery, right? It's like, oh, you have nailed the fruity, fresh facet or it's pejorative, like, mm, I don't know, it just kind of smells like shampoo. In this instance, it is 100% complimentary. It smells like a beautiful, fresh peach skin shampoo. There's a lovely tuberose note in there as well, but the whole time it just remains dewy, fresh, pleasant, very much a spring or summer fragrance and very cheerful. I definitely recommend checking out the Discovery Kit. And I also recommend it because, and don't quote me on this, I have to look up the exact price, but I believe it is $30 for the Discovery Set. But the best part is, is that it is all fully redeemable towards a full bottle. I really, really admire when brands do that. I think if someone is going to invest in samples of your fragrances, you should reward them by allowing them to put that same investment towards a full bottle if they find one that they love. So love that the Maker Hotel does that. Let's get to the episode. You guys know I am a big, good chemistry fan. I think it is one of the best, if not the best, affordable fragrance brands. Between the quality of the ingredients, the complexity at wearability of the juice and the commitment to sustainability, the recent refresh, all of it, I am into it. With that said though, I've always been curious just exactly who is behind the brand, right? I mean, I feel like we've never heard of any one founder or any specific perfumer who has claimed the line or worked on the brand. So I just kind of assumed it was the sort of like soulless mass-market fragrance line driven by consumer insights and data and not real people, and I am very happy to report that I was indeed wrong, because in today's episode, I actually sit down and chat with the fragrance director of the brand, Greta Pagel, who is not only a real-life human 10 out of 10 can confirm, but also had some lovely personal anecdotes behind the inspirations of a lot of the fragrances from this line. Greta and I discuss how she got into this career, which, spoiler alert, is not the traditional fragrance route, we discuss this and so much more, including what is new from the line and what is coming. And do not worry, I do address the elephant in the room, which is, of course, what happened to all the recently discontinued fragrance darlings and will they ever come back? Looking at you, Brainiac, looking at you, Wild Child, looking at you, Copper Canyon, looking at you, Solar Jasmine. The list goes on and on and on. And you will find out in today's episode. Here is Greta. Greta. Welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I know you are based in Minneapolis and you are here in New York and what a treat it is to get to record this in person. Uh, I couldn't agree more. It's such a treat and it's such a pleasure and
1: honor. It's a real pinch
0: me moment for me. So uh, yeah, to be here in person. I'm so excited to talk to you. I love good chemistry and I can't wait to get into it with you. I do always open the podcast with the following question, which is, what are you currently wearing?
1: I am currently wearing just a little dab of Lost California um, from West Third Brand. I'm not familiar. Ah, you should definitely check it out. So, a really wonderful California sort of niche artistry house, Mm -hmm. if you will, Um, and what I love about this particular fragrance is that it's really got like a dry, um, sagey, like desert sagebrush shrub Palo Santo um, it's right at my alley. Yeah, I mean, it's so, so, so good, and it's a nice contrast to, like, the humid, like, salty air. Almost a little bit, you know, I don't like to say masculine, but it has, like, a little bit more of
0: that, like, maybe a masculine if you're talking about the spectrum vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a very lovely brand and I encourage you to check it out. That's nice. I love desert sense. And I know a lot of listeners also love desert sense. Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean, okay, not to jump the gun, but I'm going to throw this out here. Okay. This was not the order I was planning, but (laughs) life gives you lemons. You got to make lemonade. I always thought of brainiac RIP as having, um, a non-listed palo santo note there was something to my nose that smelled palo santo-y to me one can you confirm or deny and two what happened to brady yes okay so gone but not
1: forgotten okay okay so believe me i regret having pulled that out from underneath all of your noses because it's definitely become like a fan favorite Mm -hmm. um and what i love about the fan favorite is that i have seen on fragrantica and also just by your comments that You all are good because there were sort of like Easter eggs or like sort of hidden little pieces of that fragrance that were intentionally placed there by design. Mm -hmm. Palo Santo is one.
0: What? Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like I'm like, I just want a quiz or something. Nailed
1: it. Um, The other that is kind of um, a secret, not so secret that has been called out by um, some other frag fanatics is Oud. Okay, wow. So there's definitely an oud vibe there, which, you know, takes it to a level of sophistication that it's you might so not expect from, like, a mass fragrance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the other thing, maybe a little more obviously, is that there's definitely, like, a cedar wood or, like, mm-hmm. a pencil shaving yes. kind of
0: vibe. 100%. Hence
1: the name Brainiac. So, yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's more than just, like, that linear experience and definitely, like, stands apart from some of the other fragrance personalities in the brand. Mm-hmm. And so I can I can say, like, I... The early retirement, we're listening to everyone. We're keeping close tabs on um, those that kind of come up again and again in Mm -hmm. conversation and, you know, on social. So Mm -hmm. um, we have been kicking around the idea of like LTO or throwback and just reviving some of these because – it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it to Mm -hmm. reward you all for, you know, that loyalty and that curiosity Mm -hmm. Um, and just your willingness to like explore and try to dissect and figure out what's happening with that
0: fragrance. It's a personal favorite of mine as well. I love it. And, you know, I think good chemistry, especially what's currently on market is so great at doing these playful, fun, um, sort of like gourmandy, youthful scents. And I love them. And I think you guys are so, so good at them. But Brainiac was a special one for me because I get asked so often, like, can you recommend something that smells expensive and woody, right. but is affordable? And in terms of that category, there aren't as many contenders on the market. And I found Brainiac and I was like, this is the one. Right. This is the right. one.
1: So. I love that because it was, to me too, a little like taking a chance in a way. Yeah. Um, because in the early stages of development, and the original iteration of the brand, um, you know, we were kind of looking at sort of occupying a f- more different fragrance categories, if you were like mm-hmm. fra- fragrance families. Um, but at the time, we really did take cues from our retail success and what was working from, mm-hmm. you know, from that point of view. Um, and so hence on the relaunch in 2022, we did leave some of the original OGs um, behind when mm-hmm. we were looking forward. Mm-hmm. Um but again, that said, I mean, you have a real person and a real heart behind the brand, and so, which is you, yes. And so we're always listening, um, and yeah, I mean, there there is a variety within that fruity, floral, like touch mm-hmm. of gourmand offering, right? right. Um, but there's definitely opportunity for us to occupy more of that space in the other parts of the fragrance wheel. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly looking at that. Um, Looking to build in not only what's working at retail, but what you all are asking for, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, macro trends, like what's kind of driving, you know, other happenings in mm-hmm. fine fragrance or flavor even. So mm-hmm. kind of looking at all those together and aiming to synthesize and look forward to creating new in the lineup that will kind of satisfy uh, what we're possibly missing right now.
0: Interesting. Okay. I feel like I'm really jumping ahead here, but you're talking about trends and what you're missing. Is there a trend you're seeing now that you're like, ooh, like that could be something for us to explore?
1: You know, I love this idea of like a woody fragrance, but that also has like a gourmand element to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like we're seeing that play out in, I mean, dare I say like the Baccarat Rouge 540. Right. I mean, it's kind of everywhere right now, but I feel like there is something happening that's sort of like a fine fragrance and also like a mass approachable, like I feel like we might be able to fulfill something interesting in that space. Oh,
0: interesting. Um,
1: so it wouldn't necessarily be like a straight up ambery. I'm mm-hmm. interested in a little something like edible happening in there Ooh, too. Oh, okay. You know? I'm um, into it. Angel too is, you know, an interesting reference just in terms of being like a crazy patchouli that's gourmand. right. So right. not something like that per se, but taking inspo from some of those like maybe a little bit more odd type categories, but translating Mm -hmm. that into something that's approachable for our mass consumer.
0: I think you guys really do that. I think you find, um, you know, maybe something that isn't as, I guess where, like if you're trying to reach maybe like a teenage audience, for example, which is something I want to know who you're trying to reach, but say that's the age, like maybe something super heavy wouldn't be right for them Mm -hmm. or what they're looking for, but you guys find a way to get the same vibe in a very accessible, wearable way. And I think all of your fragrances are Incredibly wearable, and in a way that some they're not challenging. It just right. it's it's easy to wear, but they're complex. Right. Exactly, and that's that's also by
1: design. In that there's something very approachable and familiar mm-hmm. in the fragrance profile itself. So I take cues from frags from my memory, um, or you know we use ideas from the marketplace and we use benchmarks, but then we put our own take on it. For sure, and I think like retaining the complexity is super important to me too. Mm-hmm. Um, This may be controversial to some, but like... This can be your fragrance (laughs) hot take if you want. I'm not a super big fan of fragrance layering. Okay. I get asked about it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, And I can, you know, make recommendations for layering like within our own brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that like some of our competitors at Mass, like the Mm Floor, you know, they encourage that because it's more linear type construction and it lends itself to DIY. But to me... Like we work with real perfumers behind these fragrances and mm-hmm. like that's an intentional creative proposition that they're making. And so for me, I sometimes get a little because I'm like, you know, they, this is they by design, this was their intention. This right. was the message that we wanted to. Right. This is the story we wanted to right. tell. But at the same time, I mean, if someone wants to make it their own, of course, they should do that. We're all complex humans. Mm-hmm. And so if that satisfies someone's curiosity um, and it makes them feel amazing, then by all means. But to me, I'm always a little like
0: you are like, these weren't designed Mm. to be layered. I'm somewhere in the middle of that because I used to feel like very anti-layering. I was like, let the art speak for itself. Like this is the final product. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I just go rogue in my bed. I think at this point, I just have so many options that it almost feels like a tragedy to not put on multiple at the same time. But that's a a me problem. I just like get paralyzed by choice. And I'm like, well, I'm going to mix all of them today. (laughs) (laughs) That's not always good.
1: I don't know if that's a problem Yeah, it's a good problem to have.
0: So after I just said all that, I like... In full disclosure, Mm -hmm.
1: um, one little experiment that I did recently was, um, I'm pretty fond of the Briarito Lil Fleur,
0: um,
1: for being kind of a Sheepra, you know, with like, it's got that vibe sort of, um, but it's playing a little bit more with saffron and like Mm -hmm. for that like leather expensive handbag vibe. Mm -hmm. But I got a little bored with it. Like it, it, I I just, I don't know, it, it didn't, uh, continue to like fascinate. You know, for mm-hmm. me, and this doesn't have anything to do with like longevity. It's more just like
0: you. You're just yeah, perfect. exactly. Even something different.
1: Um, And I've got this ancient bottle of Jovan Patchouli oil that I've had since I was like 14. Oh my god! So I Has got on
0: bad, or is it? Still- no,
1: it smells amazing. So wow. I busted out that sticky, resinous stuff and like layered that with it, and I was like, oh yeah, this is
2: good.
0: That's the way. So good.
1: So mm, I just said that about layering. I mean, obviously, well, there's a story being told. Good chemistry versus your
0: own fragrance collection. <laughs> good chemistry is not meant to be layered, okay? But, right. Um, would you say you have a signature scent?
1: Um, I don't because I like to try everything. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, I just. Move on fairly quickly from, you know, thing to thing to thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a fan of like the woody, earthy, like, I, you know, Animalic doesn't frighten me. Like, I, I like the big white flowers. I love patchouli
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or like a vetiver.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the Guerlain vetiver is one to check out if you're looking for I, just. It's on my shelf. Yeah, it's just, one of my favorites. Oh, I so adore
0: good. it. Just old school, like classic, just rich. So good. Mm-hmm. So perfect.
1: But yeah, I. I think, like, when I think back to, like, my adventures in scent as, like, a young person, as a child even, like, I've always kind of gravitated toward those types of fragrances. Mm-hmm. Again, like, with the patchouli oil. Um, I mean, I would buy wild Cody Wild Musk from the drug right. emporium, you know, that type of thing. Yep, yep.
2: Um,
1: so I think that that always speaks to me, like, that type. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard for me to pick one and just, like, have a signature
0: yeah, what what is your relationship to fragrance? You're talking about Cody Wild Musk. When did you get into it, and and what was the first perfume you ever wore? So I love this question because
1: I was thinking back, and I thought, oh, like essential oils. I used to go to like the co-op with my mom and like stare at the display with all the you know little teeny bottles and things like that did you
0: grow up in in Minnesota as well Minnesota and Wisconsin yeah yeah you said co-op I'm like okay yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) my parents were kind of hippy dippy so Uh yeah but anyway honestly though I had this friend it must have been like fourth or fifth grade and I thought her mother was just the most glamorous she was like always doing her nails and she always was perfectly quaffed.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: she had on her nightstand like all these perfumes. Mm-hmm. And I just thought she was the most glam person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I saved my babysitting money. I rode my bike to Walgreens. And I'm not even kidding you. I bought Yves Saint Laurent, Paris.
0: Wow. They have that at Walgreens? <laughs> yes. Okay,
1: Walgreens, maybe. Behind the
0: counter, yeah. behind the glass. You can
1: find some good ones. There. Like you have to ask the sales associate. Right. You have to put your little face over the counter right. and ask, you know, for right. them to unlock the case for you. Um, not really knowing anything about it, just recognizing that iconic bottle from mm-hmm. my friend's mother's like vanity. Oh wow. And so like that was one of the first ones that I picked up. Mm-hmm. Not like not knowing, like years later. Mm-hmm picked up like Luca Turin's you know perfumes the guide and mm-hmm. he's got that amazing review about the crazy rose that it is mm-hmm. and it's like I had no clue at all it just looked fancy did you wear that to
0: your friend's house and her mom was like you smell like me
1: <laughs> she her advice was always like never to mix perfumes maybe oh. this is where my like interesting ador- maybe like this, we're getting to yeah. root of the, the issue
0: <laughs> she always like was sure that that was like not classy enough you know but yeah sometimes I'll post things on Instagram of like what I'm layering and I feel like the, and I'll tag the brands and I feel like they take offense to it (laughs) because like I tried this like very niche brand or my boyfriend tried this very niche brand and layered it with like Blue de Chanel, which is a great fragrance, but it's very like mass market, whatever. And they did not repost it. And I was like, but he loves your fragrance. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what else to say. No, that's, that's really interesting. And when did your career um, were you always in the, in the fragrance industry? How did that happen? No. So
1: I came to the industry by way of, well, many past lives, like, you know, in a professional sense. So mm-hmm. I was in roles in like cultural studies and study abroad, um, marketing and market research, consumer insights, I kind of bopped around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I landed roles in product development and found that I loved working on product and things behind the curtain, cool, kind of behind the scenes, just making things, creating. Um, What were the first things you were developing? I worked on actually like organizational development tools. Mm -hmm. So like, like, um, Psychological assessments, you know, to figure out your personality style and oh, someone else's style, and how you might work better together, or communicate better with one another in like the corporate workshop. Type yeah, things. exactly. Oh, I've I've done a part of exactly. A few of those. Okay. Yeah, um, so much much different product, right? From mm-hmm. perfume or you know home fragrance, mm-hmm. which is where I landed at Ilum, which is the parent company of Good Chemistry, and they're primarily in the business of home fragrance, so candle diffusers, some home care. Um, and good chemistry was the Illum's foray into perfume, perfume. Mm. So product development was sort of like the crack where the light came in in terms of like my opportunity with, with fragrance. Mm -hmm. Um, but I honestly had no idea like that it would deliver me so closely Mm -hmm. to the fragrance houses and those relationships and managing those partnerships. Um, so that was how I entered the industry was through an opportunity an opening and opening in product development mm-hmm. at Eloum. Um, And I just, the timing was right. And I worked on the Good Chemistry brand, getting that, bringing that to life um, almost right after I started working at Loom.
0: That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So it's been a wild journey. And I just somewhat self-taught, but I have trained with master perfumers mm-hmm. since then and evaluators. Um, have also done just on, like continue to do a ton of learning on the job, mm-hmm. like just by smelling and staying curious right? and asking questions and making beautiful things.
0: So is a is good chemistry, the only brand within the loom portfolio that you work on or do you work on candles and other things as well? I work on everything. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. So
1: I'm not specific, um, to good chemistry. I'm not specific to loom or any number of our loom brands. Um, We also do, you know, private label work and we have, you know, specialty and food drug mass channel customers. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's a lot. Um, It's a lot. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, the, the difference between what might work at mass or in the drugstore versus what might work at like. An anthropology or a West Elm versus what will work for good chemistry in the context of food, drug, mass. I mean, it's like a lot and it's so fascinating to me to be challenged um, to balance personal preference with what we know we'll work for these different customers, accounts, and brands.
0: So are you working at like brands like West and Anthropology as well as, wow, that's yes. really a range in, yes. in the portfolio.
1: Yep. And I don't do that all alone. My associate Ellie is amazing. She's got a great nose. And mm-hmm. so I definitely have a partner in all this, which is amazing. And furthermore, like we use each other, you know, as test subjects right. when we're working on perfume. But so our creative. Good chemistry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So our creative group is involved. R&D is involved. Um But yes, in terms of creation, or curation rather, I'm sorry, um, and sort of handling those brands, if you will, or submitting to those brands or pitching Mm -hmm. to them, that's all coming from the fragrance team.
0: But what you do is specifically fragrance? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So what is that um, process of pitching, and how are new ideas coming up?
1: Yeah. Well, it's twofold. Um, We will often craft briefs. And go to different fragrance houses to have them sort of compete, you know, for opportunities. Mm-hmm. And we do that by knowing what we know about a particular brand or customer, even whether that's our own brand or an outside partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll use, um, you know, target demographic. We'll create mood boards. We'll, if we have packaging references or print or pattern, we'll you know, bring all those things together. And we put that in front of the fragrance house, in front of primarily like our evaluator contacts, Mm -hmm. who will kind of synthesize all that information and then pass it along to perfumers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the beginning end of it. We mentioned trends, like macro trends drive everything that we do. Um, But again, we sort of translate that into what's appropriate for a customer or a brand, kind of gather together some creative, strategic thinking around that, Mm -hmm. and then brief. And then we'll receive submissions back that are specific to that opportunity. so it's like I'm sort of working parallel with creative who's very visual and tactile mm-hmm. to parallel what the fra- – align what the fragrance experience might be like in order to support that storytelling. Because I'm sure, as I'm sure you know, like if it is blue but doesn't smell blue. It's got to smell blue. It's got to smell blue. Yes. So, I mean, it's like all of these things have to kind of speak to one another and make sense so that by the time – makes sense.
0: So that by the time it's on shelf, it's just all coming together and it's just this perfect – creature. But so much of that is also intuitive, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, I did notice you are wearing a lovely crystal today. Do you feel like intuition helps you in this, in this, do you feel like you're intuitive and like what, how much of this is like emotional decision making for you? Yeah,
1: I love that question because it's so, so much about that. Yeah, And yet we also have to have like sort of data and insights to back up that, that gut feeling. Um, But as connected as I feel to every single, you know, fragrance that I touch or every single, you know, good chem baby that ends up on the shelf, Mm -hmm. there's always, like, a very personal little, like, piece of that. Right. um, That sometimes aligns in, like, a really cool, magical way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think just this might be a good example. And it's also a scent memory, Mm -hmm. if I can just jump to that. Please, Yes. So I grew up in rural Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I had like a painfully long bus ride to school, and I how used long is long? Like f- an hour. 50 oh, that 50 is long. Minutes okay, to an hour. yeah, you win, you yeah. win. Yes. <laughs> um, and I used to walk down a dirt road to get to like where I needed to wait for the school bus, and it was like early, early spring, and the snow melt was on, um, but still patches of snow in the woods, and like decaying leaves, and like wet moss, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: fresh air, like crisp and not bitter, but serious, like still wintry. And the birch trees all around. And it was like this herbaceous, muddy mud puddle, like smell, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which like I'm standing there right now. So fast forward to Illume though. And I'm like working in the back room. We've got like shelves full of reference, you know, fragrances, you know, market samples and things like that. And I just, I had been working there like two months. I pick up this bottle and I open it up and
0: smell it. And I was like, what? It's like that smell, right? Yes, yeah. I'm like,
1: how? So you asked about the gut feeling, like the ma- you know the magic, and I was like, how is this even possible? Wow! And it was um, CB. I hate perfume. Walking in air. Walking in the air. Okay. And I later went to see, like, okay, what are the notes here? Like, why is this so real? And it was like, it was something like the magic of winter in Narnia.
0: Oh wow! And I was just like, what or, is Minnesota. or Minnesota. I mean,
1: maybe they right? don't know, but and I was just like, what is happening? So that like personal, that way 100%. that like yeah, like that way that this invisible, mm-hmm. intangible, fleeting thing. Mm-hmm. And I we we know fragrance is transportive, but right. to go to another place in time mm-hmm. like that, yeah, unexpectedly, I had the memory, but like now I really have the memory because really I, crazy. there's this art there's this art that helps me access that
0: right that's the power Crazy. of scent.
1: True. And it's like, I, I don't know that I'm doing that really taking anybody, you know, back to their childhood road, but
0: absolutely.
1: I mean, there's definitely that intention. There's definitely that like yeah emotion that goes there. And then we also, again, we combine that though with like elements of the familiar, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So that it really feels like yours, right. you know, but, and yet it's still approachable. You right. know, it's not so complex that you're like, what is
0: happening? This doesn't belong to me. Right. Um, so, hopefully, there's pieces of that in each of these. That I, speak I think to that's people. one of the best things about good chemistry. And you definitely do that. Thank you. You're talking about these personal scent memories and the power of scent. And I know that when we had spoken previously, you mentioned Wild Child was inspired by your daughter, who right. was a wild child. One, I want to know about that. And two, like how many of these are personal ties for you? Yeah, great.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Wild Child really quick. Again, Which is another
0: one. R.I.P. I loved you, it. Wild Child. I
1: know that like really green and herbal, but like with a kind of fig scent. It's like a figgy. It's got a tiny coconut. You know, it's like palm trees. I, yeah, that greenery is awesome. And yeah, my daughter uh, wears that fragrance. Ah, I love that. Yeah. Um, and the story behind that was wanting to really capture, like, this just wild and free, like, spirit, you know, and the story about Val is that, you know, she would disappear into our vast garden as a small child.
0: I picture you having a vast garden. That checks out. (laughs) Yeah. Feels on brand.
1: Can't do without it. Um, And I was fine with her wandering and, you know, sort of, you know, disappearing in there because it's all like fenced in. And mm-hmm. so I was just like, let her do what she'll do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But she would frequently like, eh, she's going to kill me. But, you know, she'd like strip off the shorts and then she'd take off the shirt. Mm-hmm. There go the socks and there go the shoes. And there would just be this like trail. And I'd be like, oh, she's gone wild she's child. She's in the garden. Right. Yeah. She's gone wild child. Yeah. She's feral. There's nothing we can <laughs> do. So funny. How old is she now? <laughs> she's 17. Oh, this is be great for this her to listen perfect. to. This is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, absolutely wanting to capture like the spirit of that, you know, it's, it's all fig and being, you know, in the leaves and like having your hair all tangled and being barefoot and just disappearing. I just love that. I I love wild
0: child. That was another one that I really captured my heart. I Um, hear you. I hear you.
1: Um, in the current lineup, I would say probably the magnolia violet mm
2: -hmm. and it's
1: a, you know, fairly, I mean, again, we keep using, I keep using the word approachable, Mm -hmm. um, but sort of the layer that is behind the scenes is that, to me, there's a note in here that smells just like my grandmother's garden. Aww. And she used to plant um, sweet asylum in her border. Okay. And so from the time I was, like, tiny, that, that smell always makes me think of her. And it's kind of like a dusty violet, Ooh. like a honeyed sort of... I I can't even picture what flower that is. It's like a tiny little white flower. It almost looks like lace.
2: Oh wow. Um,
1: It makes a good container plant. She used to always put it in the border but you know I grew up in the north woods and was outside all the time so a lot of that stuff Mm. informs my scent memories but then with my grandmother it was more about being in the indoors and like it is about the cultivated flower and Mm -hmm. less about the wildness. Mm -hmm. So that one always made me think of her and it wasn't designed intentionally for that But again, just the idea of like personalizing it and giving a little bit more of a story like, you know, for me, that's what it evokes is that like nostalgic, like memory of visiting her in her home. That's so nice. So
0: if you're wearing Magnolia Violet, you are evoking a memory, unlocking a memory from Greta's (laughs) childhood. Yeah, that's really I mean, it's pretty cool to think about like mass market fragrance having personal ties mm-hmm. because I would never go into CVS or Walgreens or Target and expect that there could be something that had such um, a personal inspiration. And I I I guess that makes me wonder, you know, thinking about this, this is a fragrance that I have seen in my local CVS and mm-hmm. I have seen in my local Target. Um, who is the demo of Good Chemistry? Yeah, so we... Uh,
1: in recent years, I've embarked on, you know, a lot of interesting journeys in terms of learning more about who our target consumer is. I think when we first um, were developing the brand, we we did collect data, but I think we made some assumptions about thinking we were really going for a younger demographic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like even like a preteen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, ongoing discovery has shown us that it's actually more the Gen Z, like millennial So like the Zillennial. um, So it's more that demographic. I think that's like 18 to 34 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is like, it's an interesting spot to be in because Mm -hmm. it's like you may have graduated from, say, like a BBW or something, Mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. looking to be a little more aspirational, Mm -hmm. um, but you're not quite going into, like, Luxor Prestige Mm -hmm. due to price point, Mm -hmm. I think we really satisfy that. You know, you you get this, like, complex luxury experience. Um, Just to quickly reference the new packaging, I mean, it's...
0: It's beakers. I love it.
1: It's so astounding and just looks so beautiful out
0: it's such a good display on a on a shelf. I yeah. love the new beaker bottle that yeah. you guys have created. And the value
1: perception. I mean, it yes. has such a wonderful
0: footprint and it's just right. and it's glass mm-hmm. too. You're not and what, what is the price point of this beaker?
1: Um, everything in the entire like line is under thirty-five dollars. And I it's so good. I, yeah, it's just insane. And
0: nothing smells synthetic too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really I'm not just saying this, you guys. I'm like, I just love good chemistry so much. I Thank really, you. really do. We do, too. Yeah. Who is Good Chemistry? When was it founded? Like, what is the brand? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you asked
1: because, you know, we're different from others in that we don't have, like, a straight-up, like, founder Mm -hmm. story, really. Um, Again, you know, it was, like, a village of, you know, people from, like, you know, internal fragrance expertise to our internal artists and designers who Mm -hmm. worked on packaging, you know, concepts and um, helped bring all the different shapes and things to life. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's really like an effort of like all of our teams. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think we're really lucky that, you know, we, we didn't need to source like outside consultancies for any of our creative work. So whether you're talking the juice itself or um, the beautiful packaging, or the sourcing of components. Mm -hmm. We have all those teams, Mm -hmm. you know, in our four walls. And so it's really like that cross-functional effort in bringing this to life. So it's, you know, designers sketching. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, me reaching out to my choice partners to Mm -hmm. do the fragrance design and development and Mm -hmm. go through all the iterations of that.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But yeah, I mean, we always kind of had it, you know, in us to work to lean more into our name of good chemistry. Mm -hmm. So at the launch of the brand, we were using, I mean, frankly, we're using like a lot of stock componentry, Mm -hmm. although we were doing all the, you know, design for labels and packaging and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So the opportunity to have a custom shape, um, was really like, you know, the brainchild of everyone who was really like looking forward to the opportunity to it's be like, so Hey, it is good chemistry. Like have yeah, it look chemistry. like the
0: lab? I love it. I love it so much. I love the bottle. It's such a nice size beaker. I love the rose gold cap. And it, it just is very clear that you didn't skimp out on anything. You, you don't lose anything because of the affordable cost. No. Hello everybody. Are you loving today's episode? Well, listen to this. Okay. Here's the very first perfume juice I'm going to throw your way. Good Chemistry is giving you all a 15% discount off any purchase you make. Simply go to good-chemistry.com, enter the code Room 15 at checkout, and you will get 15% off any purchase. And if you want my recommendations, my three favorites currently on sale from the line are Queen Bee, Tiger Lily, and Pink Palm. Okay, second perfume juice slash announcement. And I feel like a broken record at this point slash kind of like an auctioneer. It's like going once, going twice, sold to the man in blue. Okay, but perfume room smell club April. There are five tickets left. Why am I making a big fuss about it on Instagram? Why am I making a big fuss about it here? Because I want you guys to have first dibs. I feel like the community that I've fostered with both the podcast and Instagram is much more intimate than my TikTok followers. And so I wanna make sure that if you want a spot, that you have that opportunity. Five tickets remain, they will sell. April's theme is lactonic. Let me tell you what we're smelling. This month, we are smelling Javoy Remember Me, Milano Fragranze Basilica, Aveneense Paris Santal Mari, Strangers Perfumery Chokdi, and Chabot Le Chocolat. And if you are not familiar with the Perfume Smell Club, let me tell you this: it is like a book club, but for scent. It is not a master class; it is a community. It is a smell session where you and fellow fragrance lovers come together. Learn about new indie fragrances that you might not have previously tried. Maybe learn about new notes, new facets, new perfumers, new brands. I facilitate the discussion. I choose the scents. I guide the session. You guys do the talking. You guys do the smelling. This is for you. You are not listening to me. We are all smelling, discovering, and decoding together. And uh, of course, I'm biased, but like, it's really fun. Okay. Okay. At the risk of too many announcements, here's the last thing I want to say, which is that keep your eyes peeled because this week, most likely this Thursday, that is right, two days from now, I am announcing something really, really big. I will probably announce it on Instagram. I will probably announce it on TikTok. I am very excited about it. It has been months in the making. And now that you have heard that cryptic message, um, back to the episode. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just one thing that, like, as a consumer, when I look up Good Chemistry on Food Grantica or whatever, yep. you don't see the face of the brand, so it's like, who is it? That's why yeah. it's so great to speak with you and hear these stories behind it, because I've always wondered, like, yeah. is Good Chemistry just a brand that was created to be on the shelves at Target? And I like hearing the personal side to it all. Right,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's like you wouldn't necessarily know that it's such a high-touch process yeah. or that there's such you know heart that goes into it um mm-hmm. and so we're working really hard to listen and to you know build community around mm-hmm. the brand and to like have conversations mm-hmm. and to have it be more of a two-way street because otherwise it just seems like this like faceless thing right um and we don't want to give off that owned brand vibe because we are who we are right. and so we want to make sure we're you know trying to get communicated and For like sure. have more of like an authentic connection.
0: Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, one of the other things that I think is so good aside from the, the price point and the quality of the juice is your brand's commitment to, as you mentioned, ingredient transparency and mm-hmm. also sustainability. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if you can speak to that at all.
1: Yeah. So the transparency piece, I touched on that a little bit. Um, and this is just, you know, it's, it's knowledge and conversation. That's just sort of in the ether right now, mm-hmm. but in um, more and more, consumer products and other, you know, sort of categories are, you know, on the journey of disclosing, like fully disclosing everything Mm -hmm. that's in their products. Consumers will have it no other way. I mean, we're learning more and more. It's becoming more and more a part of the normal consumer's vocabulary. Right. What is or is not, you know, the yes, yeses, the no, no's. Um, So it was important to us to be a leader, at least at mass for Mm -hmm. perfume to begin to share that information. So, you know, it can look a little scary when it's methyl dihydrojasminate. Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? But it's it's exciting for it was exciting for me to learn and right. I continue to learn right. and then to be able to like have a conversation mm-hmm. you know with our consumers about like, hey, this is actually, you know, this is the reason why it's there. And yes, it's a synthetic, like lab created material. But we also have, you know, no
0: jasmine flowers were harmed in the production of, you know. (laughs) Right. Sometimes synthetic is actually because it's better for the environment.
1: Correct. And better for the environment. It's a little easier to control in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times it can be for certain skins, it can be, you know, safer in terms of, you know, allergic reactions and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes natural materials, you know, have a reputation for actually being quite irritating or sensitizing. Um so we do stand for a mixture of both the say, synthetic and natural ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um but just really wanted to peel the curtain back and do that in like a not a like preachy kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know that's not my area of expertise. Like I'm mm-hmm. not a chemist. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm learning and right. I'm like happy to share the information with you cuz it's so cool. It's chemistry. Right. You know, it's magical, it's gut feelings, but it's also like a real recipe. Right. It's
0: um good chemistry. Yeah. Dare I say.
1: <laughs> and then on the sustainability side, um, you know, your curb, local cur- curbside recycling can, um, perhaps, you know, deal with some of these components, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the plastic, um, possibly even like the dip tube and the caps and things. Um, but through our partnership with TerraCycle and the relaunch of the brand, um, it's just a, this extra step of accountability and making mm-hmm. sure that every little part can be like deconstructed, and sent back to TerraCycle. They process it into a raw material that can be further used and they're tracking all that componentry and Mm. really accounting for it so that you know that it's truly being made into a next generation consumer product.
0: Very cool. So I I have to ask then, okay, what is your personal favorite? Ooh, that's so hard. We can do current and discontinued (laughs) because there's so many.
1: Okay, so current. I actually really like Tiger Lily. Um, I'm an orange flower. I love
0: Tiger Lily. Orange flower,
1: neroli, and it's got this Mm -hmm. like solar element to it, little ambery, and it's got a gourmand touch. It just feels really well intended and joyful to me. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you like it.
0: That's my favorite as well.
1: Yay! I'm in good company. And if you want to know, like the little storytelling behind the Ideal. name anyway. Um, I chose the name Tiger Lily because um, wild tiger lilies grew in the like ditches near my rural childhood home. Here mm-hmm. we go. Um, but I love the idea of like this really beautiful like unexpected like tropical almost looking flower mm-hmm. um, blossoming in like an overlooked unexpected place. Like mm-hmm. it's just... Brings a tear to the eye. (laughs) But anyway, I love that one. And again, I think there's an approachability to it and yet a wearability. And that one, if you're into layering, like that one can – it can go deeper. Like you can give it a more rich kind of thing if you're Mm -hmm. into layering it with like a woody, Mm ambery, patchouli type. But in full disclosure, I do love Copper Canyon.
0: That is another great one. I know. It's
1: so good. Um, And that one, when we began development on Copper Canyon – it was, the original submission was um, meant to be very androgynous. Mm -hmm. So this was an exploration of genderless, genderful, an offering that was truly like on the spectrum of masculine to feminine. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, this just seemed like an offering that was like, that's just expected, right? Right. Like we got to have something. Um, So it was always meant to be that. Um, The working name for it was fine. So it was just like, so fine like it's just so fine no matter where you lock walk yeah. the line right yes and then honestly this is just me but like Harry Styles fine line
0: album was, I'm so glad he made its way into the episode yeah
1: I just like obsessed and inspired and so like the fact that the working name was fine and then I named it Copper Canyon which was like a little nod to Canyon Moon oh okay
0: Wow, I Mary know. Styles was behind Pepper uh, Canyon. so silly,
1: but that was also merged with this memory that I had of spending um, a holiday at the Grand Canyon with my parents mm. and my brother on Christmas Eve, and there was a full moon. Mm. So the whole thing about that was like sometimes feeling is believing because just these magical moments. Um, so yeah, like a little pop culture reference, but then also like very personal memory and like smooshed together to create Copper Canyon. And that's another one that's like a favorite of, um, my teenage daughters. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah. it's excellent. I also love Pink Palm as well. Yes. Very much enjoying Pink. I mean, I honestly, I really love all of these. Um, and I'm, I'm curious too, cause we're talking about the old line. We're talking about the new mm-hmm. line and I've heard you mention relaunch a mm-hmm. couple of times. Right. Was the brand for, I never knew it went away. What, what right. was the relaunch?
1: You know, maybe relaunch is not, the right word, really, because it never did go away. Mm-hmm. It was really more the idea of a refresh. Got it. Yeah. So like I all think, the different
0: packages yeah, and everything. Yeah, Got I it. think
1: that's a better, you know, use of, or a better word to use to mm-hmm. describe um, what our intention was. Um, because you're right, we didn't we didn't disappear. Um, we were working behind the scenes on the new look and the new packaging. The idea was really to, you know, hone in on the assortment because when we started, we had like 16 fragrances and like so, sort of... Um, four different personalities. And we wanted to achieve a better cohesiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the packaging really helps us achieve that, right? Mm Because it's kind of consistent across. Um, But yeah, we didn't go anywhere. I think it's more that we took everything and gave it new clothing. We dressed it up in different clothing. A little refresh. Yeah,
0: exactly. So speaking of refresh, I know there's some newness with Cocoa Blush. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about that fragrance? Yeah. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cocoa
1: blush. So this began with, um, really just an exploration into like what our competitors were offering. Um, and whether we had like, you know, something that we were missing in our assortment. And for this one, it was like, we were missing like the, that tropical vibe, Mm -hmm. like a, like a take on a coconut. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw our competition, especially at mass had, you know, a lot of different iterations of coconut and different formats and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I briefed my fragrance house partner on this and um it was important that it not be too gourmand. Um I didn't need any kind of creamy, sweet vanilla gourmand um personality, you know, to be infused in cocoa blush because mm-hmm. it was already satisfied with something like sugarberry mm-hmm. in my view. Um but we did want to be able to, I mean, Fragrance is transportive anyway, but we really wanted, I really wanted something to like take you to your happy place, Mm -hmm. you know, like anywhere but here for the love, Mm -hmm. right? Because we'd all been in lockdown and like, Mm -hmm. whether you are able to get away by embarking on a staycation or you are able to get away, um, I really wanted a fragrance that would embody that. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did go to um, the Fragrance House uh, partner on this uh, with a brief and- cued a lot of water, you know, like a lot of watery, like freshness, because I wanted it to not necessarily be marine or aldehydic, but I wanted it to have like a sea and sand vibe, Mm
2: -hmm. again,
1: versus like that more gourmand or fruity. Mm -hmm. I did not need that in the mix. right. And so we did do imagery with that. We did cite um, some actual data. So the Frag House came back with some Mintel data that there had been like something like 1100 coconut launches you know across all consumer categories in the last couple of years okay well if we hadn't nailed that right away we can be a fast follow and get get something on shelf that will satisfy and that you know may be able to like compete a little bit with uh you know who we share shelf space with currently Mm -hmm. um and so we went through I think four different iterations of this fragrance um one was more of a gourmand direction which I didn't even really want to Look at for rework. It was just not the right direction. Mm -hmm. Another went more floral. Mm-hmm. I had a real like Maison Margiela like beach walk vibe oh, okay. um, which I love but it wasn't mm-hmm. quite what I was going for I right. didn't need the floral sea to come through that much mm-hmm. I have that satisfied with something like a magnolia violet for example right. so again You're thinking
0: about the collection as a whole through, as right. right like right.
1: thinking about how they relate to one another like mm-hmm. they're siblings in a way but I wanted it to stand apart enough on its own mm-hmm. and sort of satisfy this longing for like a getaway um, and so what we ended up with after a few additional iterations of the one that we chose was Cocoa Blush.
0: That's very lovely. Yes.
1: Thank you. So, I mean, it does have a warmth, but again, there's like a melon thing right. going on there too. It's, um, to me, smells like an expensive resort in Bali or something like that. I see so, that. Yeah. So have it be a little more upscale, like a little yeah. more grown up, but, you know, still staying fresh and like fun and playful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the pink lends itself so well too, to the feeling of it, you know, just being rosy and like the idea of rose colored glasses and optimism Mm -hmm, and just really wanting to infuse it with like, okay, let's go back to the days when we thought anything was possible.
0: And do your daughters, as you were mentioning this like zillennial demo, do they weigh in with their thoughts as of things you're developing too? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah,
1: we do for sure. And so that's always a really fun part too, because their reactions and words are so honest because mm-hmm. they what do they have to lose right, right? You're i mean also they also their mother so they <laughs> can tell you they just react like, yeah, you know yeah, which is right. so great um, and we do that for home fragrance sometimes too oh, fine. you know like trying yeah. to understand like you know, what would have its appeal like for a seasonal interpretation, mm. you know? And so right. we always get good language back when we're bouncing our ideas off.
0: What the kids are saying. The youngins. Yeah. Yes, Yes, I love that. <laughs> well, for everyone listening, um, my cousin Lauren was on the fourth episode of Perfume Room and she was talking about how she had this like internal... Discord, where basically she wanted to like wear Lalabo scents and she wanted to wear Byredo scents, but ultimately like her heart was tied to like Pink Sugar Aqualina. And so we went through this whole thing and I suggested all these niche, but sort of gourmand fragrances and none of them were hitting what she was looking for. And I saw her a few weeks ago and I brought over some good chemistry fragrances and she was like, this is it. this is what I'm looking for. So after all of these, for everyone who's been wondering what happened on Lauren's search, (laughs) after all of these like expensive niche gourmands that I recommended, she is wearing, um, and you're going to be upset because she's layering it, (laughs) but she has been layering cocoa Blush with Pink Palm. So I thought... You should know. I do like that layering combo. Yes. I, hate to, I hate to say it. Same. I hate to say it. But um, yeah, that's what she ultimately went with. That's so, amazing. That makes me yeah. so happy. Yeah. So there's there's my little personal story. And before I get to the final segment of the show, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good segue to ask what can we expect for the future of yes. the chemistry?
1: Well, you know, we touched on... I said to you, I hear you. I really do hear you when it comes to the early retirees, right? Mm -hmm. So we're definitely taking a look at um, what we might be able to do for like a limited time offer or to bring something back. Um, So that's in the works. And then also, again, just looking to kind of satisfy the brand's desire, my desire, my marketing team's desire to round Mm -hmm. out that assortment truly Mm -hmm. for our fragrance fanatics Mm -hmm. um, who are – looking for that and missing that um so the idea of like the woody gourmand is something I'm still kicking around something a little more with like a spice to it or something Mm -hmm. like that um the other part of the wheel that I miss myself is that green green herbaceous Mm -hmm. you know we've got this trend of like bringing the outdoors in, you know, Mm -hmm, like we've, um, done such a great job with transforming outdoor spaces to be super livable. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like lockdown has taught us that the value of that. And so I'd love to work on something that has like that greenery vibe, um, but still is really skin friendly and wearable.
0: Big fan of, of Mm -hmm. plant and greenhouse vibes. Yes, exactly. amazing.
1: I love the idea of that. Um, there's, This Eric Butterbaugh fragrance called Fragile Violet. Mm. Uh, It's just so beautiful. I mean,
0: I haven't tried his fragrances, but I have, it's on my list. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just this like flower
1: shop vibe of like you open the refrigerator and it's like the cold tulips and the gray pious. That's sort of like stemmy. Stemmy, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah, So that that. is inspiring to me, you know, just to satisfy some of that, but perhaps like play around a little bit with like a green floral vibe. so, yeah, those are things that are kind of bouncing around in my mind. Um, but I also know the designers are busy at work, like looking at color, mm. looking at Pantones, looking at print and pattern um, and different color combinations there. So we work pretty far ahead in advance. We're working on 2023 right now. Um, so I can't divulge exactly what I have in the hopper, but suffice
2: to say. It'll be good.
0: It'll be good. It will be good. <laughs> I have full faith. We have a final segment of the show. It is called What's That Smell? Mmm. What's That Smell? It is Rapid Fire Scent Association. You tell me what the following things I say smell like to you. <laughs> Greta, are you ready to play What's That Smell? I'm ready, Emma. Lay it on me. Okay. What is the smell of Minneapolis? <gasps> mm, Minneapolis is
1: the smell of spoon bridge and cherry. That is a wonderful wonderful piece of artwork um, at the Walker Art Center near downtown Minneapolis. And when I think of Minneapolis, I just think of that iconic sculpture, the giant spoon with a cherry.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So maybe it's like cherry.
0: Oh, I could see that. A little <laughs> cherry vibe for Minneapolis. Okay. Well, now you're in New York City. What is the smell of New York City? Oh my gosh. I am digging
1: like this the like the humid, salty air vibes. And I know that sounds crazy maybe, but, like, I come from, like, very wickedly dry, cold Midwest, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so, like, to be
0: over here, I'm just really digging the sea spray. I love it. I'm going to, I have a fragrance I'm going to pull for you when we finish recording because it captures that smell so well. Nice. Um, What is the smell of your childhood home? Oh, interesting. I have, like,
1: very little memories of being inside my Mm -hmm. home, but I would have to say probably, like, green grass in springtime Mm. up through that mud puddle that I was talking about before you know Mm -hmm. just taking over with green
0: what is the smell of love
1: Mm. love is like what that one's significant other's t-shirt smells like yes for sure (laughs)
0: um the final question
1: what is the smell of Greta I think I've got to go back to those formative years of like the patchouli and the cody wild musk. I mean, okay. I may, I may be like arrested in my, you know, teen scent memory, but earthy, vibey, for sure. You know, tapping in, it. tapping into that sensuality. Yeah, love it.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, Greta, it has been. So lovely to chat with you. This has been such an informative and fun interview. And I'm curious, and I'm sure our listeners are curious, um, where can people follow you, good chemistry? Where can they shop good chemistry? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like a
1: social media toddler. So you can find me on Instagram and like LinkedIn.
0: Um, Add Greta on LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) I've never plugged LinkedIn before. I
2: know,
0: it's so, it's sad. You can find her on MySpace.
1: (laughs) Uh, uh, but as far as um, good chemistry, you can find it at good-chemistry.com. Mm-hmm. Um, on Insta, it's um, lovegoodchemistry. Uh, what am I missing? What, what retailers? Oh, retailers, yes, I'm sorry. So we uh, are available on our DTC, of course, and then you can also find us at Target, at Walgreens, um, at Glove Collaborative
0: Online, and at Rite Aid. Amazing. Yeah. And if people are starting out and they're like, I'm just going to get my first good chemistry Mm -hmm. and there aren't samples, is there one that you're like, try this one first?
1: Man, I... I mean, Queen Bee. Queen Bee. Queen Bee is yeah. pretty iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of been the one to rule them all um, since the very onset of the brand.
0: Yeah. Why it's not in? Because his girlfriend wears yes. Queen Bee. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that or Tiger Lily. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's stunning and pink. Po- I mean, yeah. they're all great. It's hard. You to can't choose. go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong, especially for that price point. I guarantee you are not going to regret your decision. Thank you so much, Greta. It has been a joy. Thank you, Emma. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peake, music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez.